Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Drops the throw. Steps up. Floats a bomb up the right seam. Looking for Anderson. He's got it. They're not going to catch him. He's going to go the distance. Touchdown. Sam Darnold dials it up to Robbie Anderson. 92. Two yards. Anderson, ten yards deflected and picked up Mosey. He'll take it in. It's a pick six and a touchdown. Bell into the middle of that line and it's a touchdown. Big return for Crowder. 85 yards. Pass thrown. There was contact with the quarterback and it's incomplete. They got pressure on Prescott. It was Adams who came blitzing in. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. You know and that's <laughs> the q Oh my gosh! Listen, thank you. From the TOJ Digital Studios, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And it's Wednesday, which means it's time for Midweek with Manish. Manish Mehta covering the New York Jets, the New York Daily News. Manish, as I understand it, betting markets have you a favorite in only one writing matchup coming up over the next year. <laughs> Kind of surprised. Yeah, I would take the over on that, but that's probably a different discussion <laughs> for a, a different day. Uh, it's funny because, you know, there's not much going on other than preparing for the draft if you're an NFL fan right now. Uh, the NFL schedule is supposed to come out in early May, so about three weeks from now. So you don't even definitively you know, know how your favorite team is going to do because the schedule does play a part when obviously travel – uh, is a factor, and for the Jets, uh, travel is going to be a big factor this year just because uh, they're doing so much cross-country stuff. But there, there is a sports book out there, foxbet.com, that uh, gave out the point spreads for every game. Uh, and I, again, you got to preface it by saying the Jets' roster is not complete yet, nobody's roster is complete yet because the draft hasn't happened, and you don't actually know the order of the games. But what I thought was interesting was that Fox Bet had the Jets as a favorite in only one game, home game against the Dolphins. They have them as a four-point favorite, and then uh, they're underdogs in the other 15, uh, and they're underdogs by at least one touchdown in seven of those 15 games. So, uh, you know, you read into it whatever you want. I just thought it was interesting in early to mid-April that uh, people around the league, odds makers specifically, uh, you know, don't believe that the, the Jets are going to be particularly good, at least on paper. Uh, you know, I disagree with some of these point spreads, but I just thought it was an interesting exercise to examine them. Always fun to see what Vegas thinks right now, although obviously we won't know for sure whether or not the Jets are truly going to be underdogs in these matchups until 
after we see what they do in the draft. And we're going to get to something that you put together in terms of a seven-round mock draft, Manish, because it is mock draft season. But before we do that, let's talk about the virtual off-season program. I still can't believe I'm saying virtual off-season. It sort of reminds me (laughs) of the movie Demolition Man, where they have the three seashells and the virtual reality conversations. I feel like we're headed for that kind of world right now. Tell me a little bit about what's going on with the virtual reality off-season. Well, I think you're dating yourself, Scott, by saying Demolition Man. I'm not exactly sure how many people listening to the podcast ever watched Demolition Man. Underrated movie, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, look, the, the virtual off-season program was inevitable. Uh, at least the start of the virtual off-season program uh, was inevitable because uh, facilities around the league, just like businesses around the country, are not open, and uh, there is no you know, defined date when they will be open. I wouldn't anticipate anytime soon. So the league did release a nine-page memo, by the way, uh, very detailed on how this virtual program is going to be to work and begin. Uh, for Jets fans' purposes, their program begins like uh, all the teams that have returning coaches as early as April 27th. So there's an April 27th to May 15th window, and we can in which you can uh, begin your off-season program, if you will. Uh, the team can send, uh, when, you, when you're talking about strength and conditioning, the team can send uh, equipment to players, and they cap out the, the value of the equipment. I don't remember what it is. but uh, uh, So you can get players working on certain regiments that your strength and conditioning coaches want you to work on. Uh, you know, I don't think that's going to be markedly different than what players are doing right now at their home gyms. Uh, you know, in their garages, or you know, if they're if they're going for runs around the neighborhood, things of that nature. But uh, that's the initial period, that three-week period, April 27th to May 15th. Uh, you know, teams with new coaches, like the Giants, for example, they can begin a week earlier, April 20th. But uh, from a Jets fan perspective, April 27th is really the first day. Uh, then there's a three-day break, and then there's another six-week period that begins May 18th, that runs to as late as June 26th. Now, teams don't have to take advantage of all of that time if they don't want to. I don't know exactly what the Jets are going to do. I'm sure we'll find that out in the coming days and weeks. But essentially, you're looking at an off-season program. If things don't change uh, and if the you know, social distancing continues, if the facilities around uh, the league uh, are closed, this virtual program essentially is April 27th to May 15th and then a three-day hiatus followed by May 18th to June 26th. Uh, now, look, it's voluntary for the most part, right? Uh, the, the, there's a mini-camp option later in the summer. But for this voluntary off-season program, players, uh, you know, they don't have to sit, sit down and take part in these virtual classes that are uh, going to take place. Now, you can't have more than two hours of classes per day, and the, those two-hour classes – have to take place between 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, You know, I don't know how the Jets are going to work it. They probably don't know exactly yet either. But if you do take part in these programs that you're a veteran player, you're going to get paid at least $235 a day. I don't know if that's an incentive for players to do that. Uh, If you're a rookie and you take uh, part in this voluntary uh, aspect of uh, the off-season program, the classroom work, uh, you get $135 uh, every day that you participate. Uh, it's the, called the Rookie Development Program. So it's just a way for players to kind of get engaged uh, with their coaches again with the virtual classes. Now, two hours to me sounds like a lot. Now, I know that a guy like Sam Darnold and quarterbacks around the league, 
you know, they can watch tape and talk to their coaches all day. But if you're, you know, I'm just pointing out a running back, for example, if you're Le'Veon Bell, are you really going to sit through two hours of uh, you know, virtual classes with your coaches four times a week? I, I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe these guys will, cause they've got nothing else to do during the course of the day, but it's just a way to connect uh, the coaches with the players uh, throughout this off season, because, you know, anything you learn in the classroom is valuable, but uh, it's most valuable if you can take those lessons that you learn in the classroom and apply it on the practice field uh, in, in the spring and the summer. And that's just not possible right now. So uh, that's the tentative plan uh, for the league. Things will obviously change if uh, the social distancing restrictions change and, and the, country quote-unquote opens up we don't know if and when uh, but we know it's we know it's going to happen we just don't know when it's going to happen perhaps it won't happen this entire summer so if it doesn't happen uh, over the next four months or so the league has outlined uh, this plan for how players and teams can remain engaged Manish last offseason the Jets paid big time money to a star running back and this offseason it's a different star running back getting paid. Christian McCaffrey, four years, $64 million, becomes the highest paid running back in NFL history. Le'Veon Bell for the Jets got $13 million a year last offseason. Of course, that didn't work out so well in year number one. Have to hope that the Jets use him better in year number two. Not saying that he's going to be what McCaffrey was in Carolina last year, but it is interesting that... Christian McCaffrey ended up becoming the player that most people thought Reggie Bush would become and never did. And now we see if Le'Veon Bell can become the Le'Veon Bell that he was in Pittsburgh again. Yeah, the, you know, the, the McCaffrey deal is interesting because, uh, look, it's a, it's a lot of money. It's clearly well above uh, the market value uh, for running backs, clearly above whatever the median value is for a running back. But he's such a dynamic player who has been used properly. Now, he has a new coaching staff with Matt Rule. Uh, they've got a, a young offensive coordinator in Brady. So, the, you know, I, I don't anticipate his usage uh, changing. Uh, I think they're going to continue to use him in the right way. You can you saw in the last couple of years just how dynamic he can be and how much of a difference maker he can be. Uh, the big difference with, uh, with McCaffrey when you're comparing him to Le'Veon Bell, of course, is age. He's only 23 years old. And, uh, He's just a, I guess he's a, a living, breathing example of how great a running back can be for you if you deploy him properly. And, you know, that just circles back to what you said earlier about Le'Veon Bell and the Jets. Uh, even though Bell's got more mileage on him, I don't think he's, uh, you know, at the end of his rope here. I don't, I don't think that this is the end of the line for him. I think he's got good football left in him. And I, I, I've said this before, and I'll say it when you know, football picks up again. Uh, he can still be a valuable piece to the 2020 Jets, uh, a valuable piece to Sam Darnold, and uh, a valuable piece to Adam Gase, if Adam Gase allows him to be that valuable piece. But that's going to take uh, an open mind. That's going to take flexibility. That's going to take the head coach really uh, allowing himself to change his ways in certain respects to, to maximize the special talent. You know, it's, it's, I feel like I've, I've said this now for a year and a half. Uh, this is a player who can be very helpful if you let him be helpful to you. And, and it's not just volume. You know, I know that there's a sentiment out there that says, well, how much more can you use Le'Veon Bell? He had a, a lot of touches. And, and that's true. He did have a lot of touches. It's not as if he was getting 
know, seven, eight, nine touches a game or a dozen touches a game. He was getting volume. It's, but that, that misses the point. If you're focused on that, you are missing the point. And the point is that he was not deployed properly. He wasn't used in situations and in manners in which he has proven uh, over the course of his career that he can be helpful. Uh, and, you know, and again, I think a lot of that is stubbornness. And I think a lot of that is rigidness on the part of the head coach. That's not to say that it can't change. And I feel like I said this last year about Adam Gase as well. Uh, I hate saying a guy can't grow and evolve. Uh, that being said, I don't think that that the head coach uh, evolved very much last year. That's not to say that he can't evolve this year. Uh, he has another opportunity. It's a new season. It's a new chance to use this dynamic piece to your advantage and to use this dynamic piece to help your most indispensable piece, which happens to be your young quarterback. So uh, I don't think all is lost when it comes to Le'Veon Bell and the Jets in 2020. I think there is a, a real opportunity uh, but it's really, to, to be honest with you, and to reduce it to simplest terms, it's really up to Adam Gase whether he maximizes that opportunity. And if he's going to maximize that opportunity, it's going to have to happen because Joe Douglas added impact players on offense in the draft, whether that means wide receivers, whether that means extra speed at running back, and certainly whether that means protection on the offensive line and guys that can block for Le'Veon Bell and open up some holes. You've got a brand new mock draft up right now over at the Daily News. You've got seven rounds of what the Jets could do. Now, we should make this clear. Manish isn't a scout, so he isn't sitting there watching the tape. This is just based on the Jets' needs and what he thinks they may do. So we'll go through this and see where everybody is with this mock draft when we're done with it. But I think it was actually a pretty solid mock draft in terms of filling needs and getting quality players. At number 11 overall, this is the tricky spot because in the other ones that you've done, Manish, you've had the Jets trading out, but that wasn't an option because in this mock draft, you made it that you had to pick all of the picks that the Jets actually had. You couldn't make any moves, and so you had Georgia tackle Andrew Thomas falling to 11. Talk to me about this one. Yeah, you know, it's funny because I've been doing these mock drafts for a few weeks now, and and uh, people around the country have been doing mock drafts for probably a few months right now, and nobody has a firm handle on how many tackles will be taken in the top ten and which tackles will be taken in the top ten. So I I struggle with that. You know, I've always believed that the Giants are going to start off the tackle run uh, with their first pick, and I know that there's a sense that the Giants need a lot of help on defense, which is absolutely true. They do need a lot of help on defense. But I, I think, going back to what I said earlier about the Jets, what is their most indispensable piece? What's their most valuable possession, if you will? It's the young quarterback. And I think the same can be said for the Giants. It's Daniel Jones. And, and you need to protect your young quarterback. And if you have an opportunity to get a blindside protector for him for the next decade, perhaps, it's a very difficult thing to pass up. Now, what I don't know and what I definitively can't tell you is who are the Giants going to take. And I also believe that the Cardinals are going to dra- draft a, an offensive lineman. I also believe that the Browns at 10 are going to draft an offensive lineman. I just don't know which offensive line that they're going to take. And because I don't know that, I don't know necessarily who's going to be available for the Jets at 11 as well. And there's also the possibility that four offensive linemen could be taken because I think the Jacksonville Jaguars could take an offensive lineman and they've got needs uh, 
uh, on their defensive front and the defensive line as well. Uh, and I think ultimately I'm going to have them taking uh, a defensive player, but it would not shock me if they took an offensive lineman. But if you say, for argument's sake, that three are gone instead of four, uh, who, who's left for the Jets? And I think you know there's a there's a decent chance. I can't put a percentage on it, but I think there's a decent chance that Andrew Thomas would be there. But as you said, look, my preference, and I've made no secret about it, is that the Jets should trade out of that pick because I think there's more than four good tackles in this draft. I think there's five, potentially six, maybe even seven. Uh, I can't speak to how Joe Douglas has prioritized those tackles, but if there's an opportunity for you uh, as you know, a member of the, the Jets' brain trust to trade down a few spots from 11 to, let's say, 12, 13, 14, maybe even 15, and pick up additional draft capital, because there are teams in that 12, 13, 14 area who have a, a need for wide receiver, perhaps, maybe even uh, you know an, a defensive game changer that are potentially looking to move up a handful of spots. So if you, as a Jet uh, front office guy, coach, uh, can move down a few spots, draft an offensive tackle you, that you feel really good about, and pick up additional premium round capital, uh, like an additional second or additional third, uh, maybe even a future pick. Uh, I think that's the smartest move. But uh, you know, as you said, for purposes of this mock draft, there are no trades. So uh, I had, uh, in whatever order, you know, Tristan Wirfs, Makai Becton, and Dedrick Wells off the board. So I, I went with Andre, uh, Andrew Thomas. Uh, he, you know, he's a guy who started 40 plus games at tackle, uh, most probably two thirds at left tackle, a third at right tackle in the toughest conference in football, the SEC. Uh, I know that, Scott, you have talked about, you know, him being better, uh, and I know, and this is true, him being more polished as a run blocker versus a pass protector, maybe not necessarily, quote unquote, as athletic as potential other options. But, uh, you know, I don't think it's a wrong move if you take Andre Andrew Thomas at 11. I think he immediately upgrades your tackle spot, you make him your left tackle from day one, you put George Fant as your uh, right tackle in all likelihood because of the money that you're paying him and that he's and, and the fact that he's more experienced than Chuma and Doga, you probably hold some kind of quote-unquote competition on the right side, but when it all shakes out, your week one starters will probably be Andrew Thomas on the left side and George Fant on the right side. Uh, you know, it's tempting to, to take a wide receiver, it's tempting to take C.D. Lamb, Jerry Juder, Jerry Judy, uh, yeah, I would go with C.D. Lamb. I think he's the best wide receiver based on the people that I've talked to. Uh, you know, I, I don't think you can go wrong with Judy. But the point is that there's temptation to take a wide receiver there. I just think it's such a deep position, and I think it's so much more important, or at least a little bit more important, to to get a tackle for Sam Darnold at 11. So I would uh, resist that temptation to take a receiver at 11, take the tackle, and then uh, see what's available for you in round two at wide receiver because I think if that's the path that Joe Douglas takes, I think that's the path he ultimately will. But if that indeed does come to fruition, I think Joe Douglas and the Jets are going to be pretty pleased with what wide receiver options are available early in day two. I agree with most of what you said, Manish. I wouldn't trade down out of that pick if one of those four tackles were on the board. But I do think that if one of them is there, you got to pounce. 
The other tackles after that, I like Josh Jones, but I don't really like the others all that much. I think there's a huge drop-off after those top four and then Josh Jones, and I'm not so sure how far you can even trade down and still get Jones just based on the fact that there are several teams inside the top 20 that need tackles. But it's an interesting thing to think about. I think if Thomas is on the board and the other three are off the board, as far as I'm concerned, a no-brainer there. And like you said with the wide receiver, as tempting as that would be, the analogy that I made with Joe Blewett was, let's say you got a $1,000 tax refund and you can go spend it having fun in Las Vegas, or you can use it to fix up your deck for the summer. The fun decision is to go to Vegas, but the sensible, smart decision, I think, is to fix up your deck. So think about it that way. Andrew Thomas is fixing up your deck, and Jerry Judy or Henry Ruggs or CeeDee Lamb would be a trip to Vegas. You'd love to have that trip to Vegas, but ultimately you really need to fix that deck. But as you said, Manish, even if you don't get one of those receivers at number 11, this is an insanely deep wide receiver class. We've heard Daniel Jeremiah say there are 27 wide receivers that he has graded in the first three rounds. Eric DaCosta, one of the best general managers in the league for the Ravens, he said that he believes that his team can get an impact wide receiver in the fifth round. So that tells you what general managers think about this wide receiver class. And you have the Jets getting one of those wide receivers at number 48, LaVisca Chenault, the wide receiver from Colorado. Big play capabilities, a little bit of a gadget guy. The big problem with him isn't his size because he's 6'1", 230, so he's got ample size. It isn't his speed because he can really turn it on and make plays after the catch. The big problem with Chenault is the durability, multiple injuries, and this year, with everything going on with the virtual draft, you wonder if a player like him will fall. I would think that he would have been a guaranteed late first rounder otherwise, but maybe he falls to number 48 here, which is where you have the Jets picking him. Yeah, and that, you know, I, full disclosure, I don't know if he's going to last to 48. He is a first-round talent. The injury uh, or the durability question is real. And uh, as you said, just because of the dynamics of this offseason, he's really a player that you you would want to take uh, a closer look at. Your medical people want to take a closer look at. Uh, but if you, if you just dissect what the injuries actually were, look, he had a turf toe. I'm not going to hold that against the guy and say, well, you know, this is a big thing. And turf toes happen, you know, great players get turf toe. There's kind of no rhyme or reason for turf toe. Uh, so, you know, I, I don't take that much stock in it. He, he did have shoulder surgery, so that is a quote-unquote uh, concern. Uh, but, you know, he recovered from that. Uh, now, look, his most uh, recent injury was a, a core injury. Uh, I don't know the specifics beyond that it was a core injury, and he had surgery last month. Uh, so, I guess one way to look at it, if you're really uh, examining this closely, is that a lot of little injuries, is that uh, emblematic of who this guy is? Is he going to get nicked up throughout his career? Are these outliers? And those are decisions that whatever team take, decides to take him needs to make, of course, but he is a dynamic player. Uh, you know, He's not a, a burner per se. His 40 didn't reflect that. But, uh, you know, you touched on him being a gadget guy. He has been used as a running back. He has been used as a runner at times. And he's been very productive in that way. He's good after the catch. I think that matters uh, a lot in, in Adam Gates' offense specifically. But to me, he's just a, you know, he's a, 
he's a game-changing type of player, uh, a first-round talent that you can get uh, with your second-round pick. And there are other options out there. I, I like Denzel Mims a lot because of the speed that he brings, the Baylor wide receiver. I just am not sure at all that he's going to make it out of day one. Uh, so, uh, you know, otherwise I probably would have made him my second round pick, but I, I don't sense that he is going to be available. Uh, I, I know there's a, there's a guy that did, Sam Darnold is obviously very familiar with Michael Pittman Jr. Uh, from USC. You know, those guys have actually been working out or had worked out, I guess, briefly earlier this off season. And he would be a, a good option as well. I just think, you know, the moral of the story is that there's going to be more than one guy at the wide receiver position that the Jets are going to feel good about when they're on the clock. So I think there's a guy that they can draft, whether it's Chenault or, or somebody else, that can be a, a, you know, a week one starter, that can improve your wide receiver core. Uh, you don't have to get that guy at 11. Now, that being said, I would take C.D. Lamb in a second uh, in Jerry Judy, but I'm, I'm a little higher on C.D. Lamb. But I would take a guy, a guy like that in a second in a vacuum. But uh, you can't look at you know these drafts in a vacuum. You have to look at uh, you know how one pick affects what you're going to do in the next round and the next round. So even though general managers and decision makers across the league always say that they never draft for need, I think that's that's not really true. <laughs> I think they, <laughs> they they don't reach for need necessarily, but uh, they're fully aware of you know what areas need to be upgraded and they draft accordingly. So it's not as if they're taking the best player available, like they always say. Because if they say, if that, if that were actually true, uh, you know, maybe you would take three wide receivers to start your draft. Who, you know, who knows? But that's obviously not the case. I just think that starting off with a tackle and then coming back at wide receiver at number 48 is probably the smartest thing to do for the Jets. Uh, they have needs, obviously, a corner and edge rusher. Uh, so it wouldn't surprise me if they took a corner uh, in the second round and then come back with a receiver in the third round. But I just think it's a solid strategy to get a bookend tackle uh, on day one and then start off day two with a, with a real weapon for Sam Darnold. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. A lot of people believe that the Jets are going to pick two offensive linemen and two wide receivers somewhere within their first five picks. You have them doing that, and we'll get to that second wide receiver in a bit. But first, with the 68th pick, the pick they got in the Leonard Williams trade from the Giants, you have them picking a familiar name, somebody who has become a bit of a favorite on Jets Twitter simply because of who he's related to, in addition to, of course, the fact that he's a good player. Matt Hennessy, the center from Temple, his brother is a long snapper. He's one of the longest-tenured Jets, having arrived in 2017, which sounds kind of crazy, but that's where the Jets roster is. At right now <laughs> Hennessy actually an excellent long snapper Who just got an extension And he's become one of the more popular players Among diehard fans So to have him come in here and play with his brother Would be pretty cool As you mentioned in your mock draft A really good fit for Gase's scheme Not sure that he can play guard But it doesn't matter because He can play center and you can shift Connor McGovern to guard People forget even though McGovern was signed as a center Matt Paradis was the center for Denver for the first couple of years that McGovern was there and then McGovern shifted to center when Paradis got hurt and stayed there after Paradis left and went to Carolina. So this is an interesting add on the offensive line, Manish. I'm of the belief that they need to add as many quality bodies on that line as possible, interior, exterior, get the tackles, get the guards, just build up the trenches and Matt Hennessy certainly would be a positive step in the right direction of doing that. Yeah, I agree with the idea of beefing up uh, your offensive line. And I, you know, all the talk over the last several weeks has been how uh, Joe Douglas added all these new pieces along the offensive line. And, and I've cautioned people and said, yes, there are a lot of new faces, but a lot of these guys are just basically on one-year deals, if not strictly on one-year deals on paper, then you know, three-year deals that are dressed up as, as one-year deals for a couple of guys. And McGovern's the only guy in which you can say like, it's really a two-year deal, uh, two-year, $18 million deal, essentially. But as you said, look, he was a guard, McGovern was, uh, before being thrusted into the center position because of injury. Uh, I think if you get Hennessy, and I don't believe, at least right now, that he, he's got uh, the ability, or maybe he has the ability to play guard, but that's not where teams are looking at. They're looking at Hennessy as a straight center. So if he's your day one center, then you can safely move McGovern to tackle. Then you've got Greg Van Roten, who's probably better suited to be uh, a depth piece, uh, you know, a glue guy, a guy in case someone goes down to injury. Don't forget that Alex Lewis has been banged up in his career, and uh, if something were to happen to him, Greg Roten, who, by the way, played left guard at Carolina, could fill in at left guard. So I think that gives you uh, better depth. And, you know, you slide McGovern to guard, as you said. Hennessy is your starter. Now, Hennessy isn't the, the strongest, biggest guy. He's very athletic. Uh, you know, he's got great side-to-side -side movement, good lateral quick, quickness, a great athlete. Uh, uh, I think he was a captain. I could be wrong. But uh, just a really 
highly respected guy and in, in that temple program uh incredible work ethic very smart uh, he's a guy who i believe got into harvard so he's a he's a very smart person you need that at the center position he would be very helpful with sam darnold and, and that's a guy who frankly could grow with darnold uh over you know four five six seven years uh you know very much like you had Nick Mangold for a long time. I'm not saying Hennessy's Nick Mangold because he's not the talent, uh, at least coming out of college, that Mangold was, of course, but uh, just a guy who can be a solid foundation piece. And that's what you're looking for along the offensive line, uh, like all these other positions, but specifically the offensive line. You want some foundation pieces. You don't want a turnstile uh, along that front. And right now you don't have very many uh, foundation pieces. The closest guy, frankly, to a foundation piece is – is McGovern. Uh, if Indoga turns out, maybe Indoga, but I mean, that's a big question mark right now. So I just think it makes a lot of sense to, you know, come away with these, uh, you know, first three picks with, with two offensive linemen and a wide receiver. Uh, it's, it's very offensive heavy. And as we go through the rest of the mock draft, Scott, you'll find out that the entire draft that I put together is offensive heavy, but that's really what you need to do uh, when you're talking about improving at least on paper, the worst offense in football. So I think that Hennessy, uh, he's not just a popular pick among Jet fans because of the fact that uh, you know his brother is on the team. Uh, he is a player that the Jets really value. And uh, we'll see if he lasts to 68. I don't think that's a, a slam dunk. But uh, he would be a tough guy to pass up, I think, if you were the Jets and he were on the board when you're picking with that first third-round pick of yours. You went offense with your first three picks in this draft, Manish. Understandable, but you swing to the defensive side of the ball with pick number four. That's the Jets' own pick, number 79 in this draft. And you go with Mississippi State corner Cameron Dantzler. Now, I'm not sure that Dantzler would be on the board, but if he is, absolutely an intriguing option here. The Jets have a desperate need at corner. I know that they signed Pierre Desir, but he had a rough year last year. He was banged up. He's on a one-year deal. And besides him, you got Bless Austin, who had a handful of nice games last year, but then got benched. He's also had a ton of injuries. In fact, before coming into play for the Jets, he'd only played part of one game in the previous two and a half seasons. You've got Arthur Millette, who did okay in spot duty last year, but really you need some long-term answers. The cornerback, Cameron Dantzler, could provide one. He's a big dude, too. Six foot two, close to 200 pounds. Played against really good competition. Got penalized a little too much, and at the next level, he's going to have to be taught not to do that. The other thing about him is there's some concern about him at the next level in terms of deep passes because he ran a really slow 40. But if Greg Williams thinks that he could be a good fit in his system, this would be a very interesting option at number 79 if Dantzler's on the board. Yeah, I don't know if he's going to be on the board. I actually thought of flipping Dantzler and Hennessy. Uh, this is number 79 overall. Hennessy was 68, but then I thought there's there's probably little chance Hennessy will make it to 79, but I don't know if there's a, a chance that Danzler can make it to 79 uh, as well. But on paper, uh, he has the tools to be a really nice press cover corner. Uh, you mentioned the deep speed, and that is a, you know, a concern for some teams at least. Now, he ran a 4.64 four at the Combine, and then he did one of those social media 40s in which he was <laughs> a lot faster. So, uh, look, I, I don't know exactly how fast he is. I just know that teams uh, have mentioned 
to me that uh, you know deep speed is a concern on some level, but uh, he does have a really nice skill set. I think that would fit into Greg Williams's defense. Uh, you know, he's good in press man coverage. As you you know, you alluded to some of the penalties, he can get a little bit grabby, so that is something uh, to consider. But that's also something that can be coached, and a guy can improve in that area. Uh, he's around the ball. He, you know, he he's he's very close to his receivers in man coverage, and I think that that matters. And and that's probably why uh, he might not be. How, how's that for hedging? He, that's probably why he might not be there at 79 <laughs> in round three. But if he were there, uh, I think that would uh, really help out Greg Williams' defense. Uh, you know, as you said, you running through the guys on the back end. They need to improve in that area. Uh, I just prioritized offensive line and offensive weapon before I got to corner. And, and as I said earlier, it wouldn't surprise me if the Jets – went corner in round two instead of receiver and then came back with a receiver with one of their third round picks. But the, the way that I have it structured in this first uh, mock draft, uh, you know, I decided to go with Chenault just because I think that the potential that he has is really too much to pass up, uh, you know, first round talent getting in the second round. But Danzler, look, I, I think he's a, he would help out the team. There's, there's another guy that I considered, who used to be a cornerback. He's a, he was a safety last year for Utah, Terrell Burgess. Mm-hmm. He's a guy who can play uh, the slot, and I know the Jets have the slot covered for this year at least with Brian Poole, but uh, he's not necessarily a long-term answer. So I considered Burgess there, but I went with the straight corner just because I thought you know, Danzler on paper would be a really, a really good addition for Greg Williams. I think that the Jets could go corner in round two or three. You could also see an edge rusher if there's one that they like in round three or four. But I do think that you're probably going to see two offensive linemen and two wide receivers within those first five picks, which is how you have it, Manish, because in the fourth round, you've got the Jets taking Colin Johnson, the wide receiver out of Texas. Now, I am a little bit biased as a Texas fan, but I like Colin Johnson a lot. Really sturdy hands. He's a big dude, six foot six, so you know he can go up there and get the ball, can pinpoint it. So he's got good location skills. And I think he's going to drop in this draft for the reason that you pointed out in your mock draft. He was limited last year because of a hamstring injury, but if he had played, I think he would have had a big season. Good possibility that he's in the mix to be in the second round if he stays healthy last year. I think he could be a real steal if somebody gets him in the fourth or fifth round. I also like Devin DuVernay from Texas as well. I think he's somebody that can really make things happen after the catch. So if the Jets get either one of those two, I think it would help Sam Darnold a lot. But I like Colin Johnson a lot here at pick number 120, Manish. He's actually one of my favorite day three guys, you know. And I don't profess to be a scout, and you know, I think you – Put the disclaimer. Look, I'm not a scout, but uh, just talking to to guys on other teams. Uh, so I, I I can only go off of what what guys tell me from other teams. Uh, and Colin Johnson is a guy that came up you know time after time, which is interesting because I kind of feel as if uh, from a fan's perspective, he kind of gets lost in the shuffle when you talk about all of these wide receivers, and a big part of that. Uh, is because he was hurt last year. You know, he dealt with a nagging ha- hamstring injury. He only played, I think, seven or eight games. Uh, but he's, as you said, he the guy is a monster physically. Six, he's like six six, I think, over two hundred twenty pounds. Uh, he's got that big catch radius. He can win in tight spaces. 
he's whoever gets him. I don't know if the Jets are going to get him or not, but whoever gets him is going to get a really good player late in this draft and a guy who uh, is a high character guy. You're never going to have to worry about anything off the field with him. Uh, I just think that he's a type of player that you know the draft will come and go, and he'll go unnoticed. And then when you know the season begins, and when the second season begins, third season, you know when the years go on, people are going to think, "Wow, this was a really good player that was drafted late." Uh, I have him go in the fourth round. We'll see if he if he lasts to day three or not, but. Uh, because this is such a deep wide receiver class, there's probably a good chance that he does make it to day three, and and he would be a really good addition, uh, I, I think, for Sam Darnold. And look, I've got five picks here. Two of the first five picks are wide receivers. Uh, it's not the it's not the last time I'm going to be able I'm going to say that the Jets drafted a wide receiver in this draft, and we can talk about that at the end of the at the end of the mock draft. But uh, you know, just beefing up uh, these skill positions to help Darnold. Uh, would be a smart course of action in my opinion and you go offense again in the fifth round and I think this is the sweet spot where you could see a running back because the Jets need some speed and they need somebody that's going to be here beyond 2020 because let's be honest strong odds that Le'Veon Bell is going to be gone after 2020 so you give them Keyshawn Vaughn from Vanderbilt now there are other options too Joshua Kelly from UCLA Eno Benjamin from Arizona State Antonio Gibson from Memphis so there are a lot of guys that could be available in this range I like Vaughn a lot though as you point out in the mock draft the triple threat he's got speed to touch the ball and go and make things happen from pretty much anywhere on the field one thing that I think is going to be particularly important to Adam Gase and Joe Douglas is ability to make things happen as a receiver and he can do that as well and he can block a little bit too which is really nice that's an underrated aspect of a running backs game Le'Veon Bell is great at it Bilal Powell's always been pretty good at it and so you get a guy in here that has the speed to make plays happen can catch the ball out of the backfield maybe line up a little bit as a wide receiver and still stay back and block when needed in the fifth round I think that's a really nice piece to have and it's quality value here at pick number 158 he's a well-rounded player and look no player taken on day three is perfect they're going to have warts they're going to have areas that they need to polish but he does offer uh a well-rounded skill set i mean he's a he's a home run hitter he he runs with power uh he can catch the ball he's a good pass protector from everything that i know uh now he's not he's far from perfect in all of those areas otherwise he wouldn't be a fifth round pick right he'd be a day one guy a day two guy but he has the requisite skill set to be a contributor I don't know if he's ever going to be a bell cow. Probably not, right? He's a day three guy. But he's a guy who can help you uh, in your backfield. Uh, what I thought was really interesting was that uh, he scored a touchdown every 16 and a half touches in his last two years uh, in college. Now, he started off at Illinois, then he transferred. And, you know, you've got to factor in level of competition and all that type of stuff. But uh, the guy can, you know, he can make the big play. Uh, he can take it to the house from from anywhere on the field, and he does offer value as a as a receiver as well. So uh, he you know he's built. He's a sturdy guy, five nine, five ten, about what two fifteen somewhere in that neighborhood. Uh, and they are going to have to address running back at some point. It, it, there's only so many t- years that you can roll out Bilal Powell, and I like Bilal Powell a lot. 
but if you're looking for a guy who can stick around, you know, for the next uh, four years at least through his rookie contract, uh, you're going to have to draft a, a running back uh, that uh, you know that can help you in 2020, but perhaps more importantly, assume a bigger role in 2021 and beyond. Because, you know, as you said, Scott, Le'Veon Bell, uh, unless something really changes drastically, is going to be a Jet for one more season, and it might not even be the entire season. We'll see what happens at the trade deadline. But I don't think Le'Veon Bell is going to be on this team beyond 2020. So you need to have a little bit of foresight here. Uh, try to you know, uh, you know, pluck a, a diamond in the rough, if you will, a guy that you can mold, a guy with uh, a good foundation in, in terms of skills to help you, in, at least in a complementary role, immediately. So I, I think that uh, you know, some of the guys you mentioned are fine. Uh, I like Vaughn. And I think that he would be, you know, a solid pick at 158 overall. At pick number 191 in round number six, you give the Jets J.R. Reed from Georgia, the safety, who is the son of Jake Reed, who I remember watching help Chris Carter kick some butt over in the old Norris division back in the 90s. Jake Reed, actually a really, really good wide receiver. And so I like pedigree players like that. He sticks out to me because of his ability to cover ground and be able to get out there in space. He's not necessarily going to knock guys over. That's not his game. But if you think about it, this makes sense for a variety of reasons. A, he becomes the Marquis Christian replacement, even though Marquis Christian was never here. He becomes the guy that takes that spot potentially on special teams and as the third safety. And if he develops... People forget Marcus May's contract is coming up. If they're going to pay Jamal Adams, do they also want to pay Marcus May? Do they want to tie up that much in resources in one position? Maybe not. So if Reed comes in as the third safety, plays well enough that the coaching staff has confidence in him, maybe eventually he slides into that spot next to Jamal Adams. But for the meantime, I think he'd be really nice safety depth, probably a good special teams player. And like I said, I really like the pedigree, was a big Jake Reed fan. So I think this is solid in round six. Uh, look, they need to address safety. and uh, People don't quite understand that or don't think about it. It's probably a better way for me to say it. They don't, they don't think about it because of the presence of Jamal Adams and Marcus May. I don't believe that the Jets are going to pay big money to both Jamal Adams and Marcus May. Uh, I would be very surprised, frankly, if, if they did. Uh, so what that means uh, for May in all likelihood, maybe Jamal Adams, you never know. Uh, but what that means is you know, TBD. Uh, I, I think that JRE is an interesting player for a number of reasons. He's got an interesting route uh, to to the NFL. His path, you know, started actually at Tulsa, and then he then he ended up transferring to Georgia. And he is an older player. That's something that should not be completely discounted. He's 24 years old, so it's not as if he's 21 or 22. So he's coming into the league as a 24-year-old rookie. But uh, he is versatile. He's extremely smart. He, you know, he he can cover different areas of the field, which matters for Greg Williams. He's a high-character guy. Uh, a lot of speed. Uh, I, I think some of that speed and ability, I guess I should say, to cover ground fairly quickly needs to be uh, a little bit more polished. It needs to be channeled, and that's where coaching comes into play. But uh, immediately, uh, he, he would be, as you said, he would fit that marquee Christian role. He'd be that third safety help out in special teams as well. But, uh, you know, when you're this late in the draft, and now we're, we're talking about two six-round picks that the Jets have, their final two picks, 191 and 211, uh, 
you know, you, you can take uh, high-risk players with incredible uh, physical skills, and you, we're going to see that with the next pick. Or you can take a guy uh, like J.R. Reed, who's a you know, high-character guy, smart player, productive player, but older, so you have to consider that as well. Uh, I just think that, you know, uh, and we talked about addressing cornerback earlier, but I, I do think that you, you need to get uh, Greg Williams a little bit of help, uh, a little bit more help, I should say, on the back end. Uh, people will look and say, well, where's the edge rusher? Uh, you know, this wasn't a perfect mock draft. I did not address edge rusher, as you'll see with this final pick. I didn't go edge rusher. But uh, you can't cover, you know, you can't cover all your bases and, and, uh, and fill all your holes in one draft. So, you know, I prioritize the offense. I prioritize the back end before edge rusher. Uh, but, uh, you know, could they take a flyer on an edge guy in round six? Perhaps. I just think that J.R. Reed is a you know, is a really solid pick this late in the draft. And with the final pick that the Jets have, pick 211, the Darren Lee pick, your buddy Darren Lee, Manish, in the sixth round, <laughs> they pick Jawan Johnson from Oregon, the wide receiver. This is a tools guy. He was a transfer from Penn State, a really interesting story, a great kid. He's somebody who had to deal with the death of his father who had been sick for several years and finally ended up passing away just after he had transferred to Oregon. Another interesting thing about Jawan Johnson, if you go ahead and take a look at some pictures of him because I followed Oregon football fairly closely this year. He's got a little bit of that Greg Oden thing going on where he looks a lot older than he actually is. <laughs> but this is a tools guy, 6'4", 230. He's got speed. He's got power. He can do a little bit of everything, but he's still pretty raw in terms of what you need to be able to do at the NFL level, especially route running. But in the sixth round, this is the type of high upside swing that you take. And as you said with J.R. Reed, a good kid, high character pick. I think Jawan Johnson would be a high character pick as well, in addition to the fact that he has a ton of potential. So I like this here as a flyer in the sixth round with that Darren Lee pick, number 211. He's got a lot of physical skills, a lot of physical ability. And as you said, look, he was at Penn State for a few years and then and then only played that one year at Oregon. Now, there have been some questions about, uh, you know, passion. You know, passion is also such a, n- a nebulous term. You know, sometimes uh, a guy can channel his passion in a different way and, and maybe someone interprets it that, hey, you know, does he truly love the game? You know, that that to me is difficult to know unless you actually sit down with the guy and uh, talk to people who have been around him closely uh, over the last several years. I'm just telling you, you know, what I have heard is that, you know, that that is a concern on some level. Uh, but he has a lot of physical ability. I mean, he obviously uh, it, you know, can block if he wants to, and my understanding is that he does like blocking, so that, that will help out. But at 6'4", 230, he's got a lot of physical traits that uh, you would look for in a, you know, a day one or a day two pick. So I don't know what Juwan Johnson's ultimately going to become in the NFL, but uh, when you've got that you know, type of tantalizing skill set at a position that the Jets desperately need to improve, why not take a chance uh, with, your, with your last pick? Uh, that, that, that's how I approached it. I think that you know, he's got a lot of ability, and if he if he shows that he is all in, and he's uh, you know willing to to take the coaching, 
uh, because there are you know there are a lot of areas that he he's going to need to improve upon to to be a contributor in the NFL. If he does those things, he could be a he could be a late round gem. Frankly, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying that he will or won't. I'm just saying that you know the 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 ability is there, the physical traits are all there, and I think that uh, you know with the right coaching, you know, maybe you got something in him. So whether it's the, the Jets or some other team that takes a chance on him. Uh, I think you know he's a guy who's worth taking a chance on. That's probably the best way for me to 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 frame it. Uh, and it's unusual, just as a, a bigger picture of this mock draft, highly unusual to take three wide receivers out of your eight picks. And six of those eight picks, by the way, were offensive players. Uh, I only gave Greg Williams a cornerback and a safety who can play uh, a little bit in the slot. Uh, everything else was tilted toward the offense. Uh, I don't know if Joe Douglas is going to necessarily take that mindset that approach but i think that you know if you truly want to to give sam darnold and to give adam gase frankly an opportunity to 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 improve the 32nd ranked offense from a year ago you've really got to invest on that side of the ball and that's why i think it makes a lot of sense to to look at the offensive side in the trenches at the skill positions to help sam darnold and to help adam gase I think we could sit here and quibble with the specific picks, but I believe most people would agree with me that you did a really good job of finding ways to address what's really wrong with this Jets team right now. You get a potential long-term answer at offensive tackle at number 11. You come back and you get a potential long-term starter on the interior offensive line at 68. You get two receivers that could come in and potentially be impactful day one, LaVisca Chenault in the second round, and then Colin Johnson in the fourth. A potential starting corner from day one in Cam Dantzler in the third round. Keyshawn Vaughn, a guy that maybe isn't going to start year one, but could be a year two starter and at least a contributor year one at running back and bring some speed that they really need. J.R. Reed from Georgia, Jake Reed's son, who could come in here and add some safety depth and perhaps be groomed to be the replacement for Marcus May. And then Jawan Johnson, who is a high upside swing at wide receiver. Manish, I don't want to make anybody nervous, but the last time the Jets picked three wide receivers was the Idzik 12. So let's hope that if they do it this time, (laughs) it works out a little bit better. But I really do like this draft, and if this is the direction that Joe Douglas goes in, I'd be pleased, and I think a lot of Jets fans would be too. Manish Mehta covering the Jets. For the New York Daily News Thanks so much for coming on Really appreciate it Getting ready for the draft So I'm sure that you've got a ton of draft content Coming up over the next couple of days And into next week What's cooking at the Daily News? Well, you look at you want to get a firmer handle On who the Jets uh, might be interested in uh, It's a daunting task, of course Because uh, they've got eight picks And teams are pretty close to the vest I'm also going to be following next week Specifically uh, when you, when that draft when the draft trade chatter r- ratchets up, you know you're starting to hear some rumblings now. Uh, I still think it's 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 really early to get a, a good sense of what might happen. But we talked about this at the beginning of the podcast, trading down. Uh, if you look at the teams behind the Jets, you have got the Raiders and the Niners, who I believe are both going to take wide receivers. It would not surprise me if C.D. Lamb, uh, Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, and two of those three guys go right. Uh, at the at the 12-13 area, and if uh, there is a receiver that the Niners you know really covet, for example, would they be willing to jump up to take him, or would they be content taking what's left? Who knows? But uh, 
I really think that the Jets should look long and hard at potentially trading down, depending on who's available at 11. Uh, obviously, you're not going to do anything before you're on the clock. But uh, I'm sure that Joe Douglas is is doing his due diligence and his research in terms of what his potential options could be out of 11, depending on how the first 10 fall in this draft. Uh, because I just think you know, looking at this mock draft and, and looking at the players that I wanted the Jets to take, that I wanted to, to give the Jets, but I couldn't because – the, the trade option was not a part of the rules of this mock draft. Just getting an additional third-round pick even would, would would be terrific for the Jets. I mean, you could get such an impactful player, a contributor from day one in round three in this draft, depending on what position you take. And just getting that additional pick would uh, really will really help out the cause for, for Joe Douglas, who's trying to, uh, to improve this roster and get it to where it needs to be to ultimately have a sustainable winner. So I know it's not necessarily sexy, but if you can you know, beef up the middle of your draft by picking up an extra pick or two and still getting an impact player with your first-round pick, you know, that would be a pretty smart way to go, I think. Go ahead and follow Manish on Twitter. Read his work over in the Daily News. If you haven't given us a five-star review on iTunes yet, if you could do that for us, we'd really appreciate it. It's an easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. It doesn't cost you any money. It doesn't take you much time, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcast, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and TurnOnTheJets.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.